0: Savannah Gellhardt and Brandon Wilde are second-year medical students and co-facilitators in the RealMD program. In this episode, we talk about their individual purpose and what has helped them as they've traveled through medical school and how RealMD is a space for self-discovery. They also redefine what it means to be a great future physician. <laughs> All right. Savannah and Brandon, I'm so glad you could be here today to talk. We're going to talk about real MD. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, but great to have you. And I guess to start off, we'll start with you, Savannah. Maybe you could just give a little intro about yourself and what led you to medicine.
1: Okay. So um, my name is Savannah Gilhard. I'm an MS2. um, And what really led me to medicine, I guess I was pretty integrated into it my whole life. My uh, father had MS and I really followed him through his journey um, as he was really implemented into the medical field through his diagnosis of MS when I was nine months old and through that I was just involved in his medical care um, most of my life really Um, and as I went to high school and college I really started to kind of get integrated into the science field as well as um, medicine in general I volunteered at Primary Children's it was just a wonderful experience and as I just started to shadow and be integrated more and more into the field I just I couldn't see anything else for me like it was definitely the path that I needed to pursue and I loved every minute of it
2: thanks for sharing yes finding your path Brandon um yeah my name's Brandon Wilds I'm also an MS2 alongside Savannah and what brought me into medicine was actually narrative medicine um some serendipitous things happened towards the end of college, and I took a philosophy course, and my professor recommended, just because it came out, When Breath Becomes Air, um, and that was the only book that I would ever picked up and finished in a day, because I was just so captivated by it, and that just kind of sent me down um, a bunch of other rabbit holes, so that's when I got interested and applied to medical school, and happy to be here now.
0: It's just interesting how different paths lead um, down this road and how people find a connection to it. Um, Putting you on the spot, what is your current purpose statement? I understand it evolves, but where is it right now?
1: To give a little context, um, my family has this quote that um, we have kind of clung on to. um, And it's, life isn't about waiting for the storm to pass, it's about learning to dance in the rain. And... I hold on to that really closely to my heart in terms of my purpose in medicine in that I want to be a physician who helps all of my patients learn how to dance in the rain. I want to be the person who has an impact on them in a positive manner um, and that I do my very best to help them find the resources that they need in order to get through one of the most vulnerable and scariest parts of their lives
2: hmm And Brandon. I'll just preface by saying that I think my mission statement changes nearly daily. But right now, I've been realizing that there's so much uncertainty in medicine. It often accompanies patients with their illnesses, and sometimes they're going through the hardest times of their life uh, with their illnesses. Um, we all know different shades of that. Right now, it would be I went into medicine to help patients navigate uncertainty within their illnesses.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, How have your reasons for being in medical school, I know why you came, how have your reasons for continuing here
2: changed, if at all? Coming into medicine, wanna help people live in the best ways possible, help them pursue their values, enable that in every which way when they're being held back by any type of disability or illness. And now in terms of specialty choice, Um, I'm leaning a little bit towards oncology because oftentimes they're face-to-face with death. And I like this idea of helping people die and inadvertently helping them live. And I know that could be maybe more suited to geriatrics um, or palliative care or anything like that. But whether we like it or not, cancer is inextricably linked um, with that type of idea. So I think that's how it's changed a bit. And it's given me a new perspective on what death means and how to approach it.
1: I think for me, I've had a pretty good shift in perspective, just based off of experiences and things that we've learned in curriculum, but also just like hands-on experiences in clinical. I, when I was an undergrad, I, I would shadow and I would go to a clinic and oh, it was the most exciting thing. Like I was just so excited to be there and talk to patients. And it was just like, this is amazing. This is where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in the clinic and I'm going to talk to patients all day. And then I did SEED, which is a surgical exploration program. And surgery was in the back of my mind, but I don't know. I just felt like I was going to be a people person and sit in front of patients all day. And then I did see and my perspective really shifted to more of a surgical um, field.
0: I guess I'm just struck by the difference in reasons. You know, what reasons sort of sustain you at different times? Your class it's just the reality label is your class is the pandemic class (laughs) like you started medical school in a pandemic
1: yeah i think like being like the pandemic class we i feel like we did have trouble with connection you know and connecting even back to our why we went into medicine or or reconnecting with our class we just had our little brady bunch squares on a screen with our little names sitting under it and i feel like it was it was often challenging you know, when you're just studying in the books at your house, you know, in your own little study space to really kind of remain connected, you know, to why you went into medicine or why you should remain in medicine. And I think it's been difficult to integrate back as well for some people. But I think coming back and recognizing my why by finding a shadowing opportunity or or something to reconnect me back to a student or, you know, just chat with somebody, do a study session on Zoom, was really helpful.
2: I wholeheartedly agree.
0: Let's talk about RealMD, because RealMD obviously had to navigate the pandemic as well. Um, What is happening in RealMD right now? How is RealMD evolving?
2: I wish I could see how RealMD started to see where it's come now. Because when Svan and I came in, it was still pretty established, it seemed, Um, with lunch sessions, A RealMD workbook was there, it was published, it was ready for us to use, there were co-facilitators for each class, and now we've brought this up before where I think it's evolving is that RealMD is becoming this space um, for students to reconnect with their why in medicine or why they came in in the first place. And I I like the language of space because I really think that it's in this threshold between something very personal and self-reflective in medicine and the other side being so communal and like you'd mentioned before, like community contemplation about all of our reasons in medicine. And I think that builds rapport. I hope that it can continue to be a space where that is happening.
0: Yeah. But even the statement of this is a space, which is easy to say, obviously, but just the idea of it being a space, I guess, to me, that feels like a big deal. As opposed to we're usually talking about these things as, um, well, for example, like we have a workshop or something like that. But when we say space, I guess I want to push a little little more there. Like, what is that?
1: I think it's more of an opportunity for students to come together have discovery for themselves but also like an opportunity for them to lend a helping hand to their classmates um, it's not formal it's an opportunity for informal authentic moments to becoming the best physician that you can be and that can look different and it is unique for every person But this gives students the opportunity to recognize who they are, where they want to go, and what their journey might hold for them.
2: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like it takes the edge off of trying to be good at it or immediately check off the box. Or you get a bunch of type A med students in a room and they're like, how can I get 100% on this? And thinking of it as a space kind of takes away that idea a little bit.
0: What you just said, it's really interesting to me. You said, this space is informal and it's authentic. And then you connected that with being the best physician you could be. Now, whenever I have heard people talk about like being the best of the best of the best, it, it gets very formal. It gets very like business speak. And what you just said, just flip that completely upside down, which is really, I'm loving this. In a sense, you just redefine what it means to be the best physician.
1: Yeah, because everybody's perspective is different. Everybody is unique. They come from different backgrounds. They come from different lifestyles. They come from different experiences. And yes, the best is like, it does have that context of, oh, it's formal. It's a checkbox. It's something that I have to do. It, But in a way, you can redefine that in what you want to be. Because my best might not be Brandon's best right and that definition can just be totally opposite for different people because i don't know as a physician for me i want to do my very best by my patients and i'm sure that everybody else does but that looks different for every single individual and i think that real md really encompasses that individuality and authenticness and uniqueness that each and every one of us as medical students as physicians as human beings bring to the table and just because somebody says you have to be the best physician you can be doesn't mean that there's a standard for that that's something you create that's a space that you create in and of itself right like it's your space to improve upon yourself and it's your journey it's not somebody else's
0: what things have you done to make it more like that space
2: yeah i think it starts with just the invitation to be vulnerable to be authentic So we're inviting people, not forcing them, obviously, to participate or anything. But we at least send the invitation out to be vulnerable, which is a very good start. Um, And there's little things that surround that, too. No technology, no studying, none of that. Because in many ways, as I've mentioned before, we're trying to take off the medical school armor. Okay, what is this armor? What do you feel like that is? Sure. The med school armor, to me, is the glossy, the type A, the perfect enough superlative twist, you know, striving for this asymptote perfection that no one's going to to get to. And that armor, sometimes I wanna call it like this, this crust almost that is blocking other meaningful things from coming out of you because in many ways, we're sharing so much time together studying. And over time, this crust begins to form. And my idea is that RealMD is chipping away that crust of familiarity in hopes that you can get to the good stuff again and become vulnerable again, think about the why again, because we're so well-equipped in the beginning. We, you know, Some of us spent just months curating a personal statement, talking about why we wanted to go into medicine, over and over and over again, so we've never had a clear picture of why we went in. But over time, as soon as you get into lecture land and get into flashcard land, you slowly, slowly forget a little bit, and you're adding more and more bits of armor as you get through that first year and that second year. So hopefully, real MD is a space is where you can take the load off and connect with that again.
0: Continuing on with this, Savannah, have you felt like there's a struggle to keep your head in the in the meaning game, so to speak? Like, have you felt like you've had to do that?
1: I will not say that it is easy, <laughs> because it's not. Because yes, I too did thousands and thousands of flashcards. <laughs> Every day. (laughs) And I too watch thousands of hours of sketchy and all kinds of videos and lectures and everything. And I do feel like it is very easy to just keep that crust, as Brandon was saying, like just keep on moving forward and, you know, hitting the check boxes. I will say it is not easy. And I think you do have to make time to set aside to not just do the lectures and the flashcards and all the other things that are pulling you in which way or another, because that's just medical school. Medical school, there are, oh, so many things going on all the time. So it's hard to take a step back and think about yourself. Think about your journey. Think about where you came from. And I think making time for it and going to a real MD session in order to just take a step back from all of the pressures of medical school and just for once think about myself i think by shifting perspectives with real md and really giving time for that and showing people that you have time to set aside for these meaningful and less crusty (laughs) experiences
0: it's almost like there's a myth of um, control like if i if i do more flashcards if i do Almost like a the checklist thing. If I if I continue to check these boxes and I that's me taking control. And what I'm hearing from the two of you is it's like the control is in is is in creating a pause, and saying, Yeah, I'm gonna have to do all this stuff because that's the reality of getting through this machine. But I'm in control when I say I choose to pause, mm-hmm. um, for myself.
2: Yeah, I would definitely say so. And I think a lot of people could argue that those spaces for themselves in other places. And it's so true, but sometimes if it's not already there for me, it's hard to have the discipline to do it, to journal, to meditate, to do whatever type of mindfulness practice that is good for you. So RealMD is like a protected space where I can do that. The two of you have been co-facilitators,
0: which even the label co-facilitator changed this year. We had in previous times, as is stereotypically expected, in providing these leadership opportunities, like here's a leadership position, apply for this leadership position. And and I don't know if people realize what you're actually signing up for with real and So maybe you could explain that because it's not like a one-year position. What that's been like, why the label, um, why did we do that?
1: I will start. (laughs) Um, So when we had our lovely little retreat as a team, the idea of space came up and the idea of leadership came up and how strong that term is, you know, a leader of a group. And um, we came up with the idea for it to be just that we were facilitating this space, that we were able to help students – as a whole, as an entire medical school class to create these spaces so that they can have these self-discovery moments and these authentic, um, times together, um, as a whole, like this isn't mine and Brandon's resume that we're building. Like we wanted to work together to just help to build this for everybody else and as a leader of the group, I think it just puts a lot of context into that this is our project, this is what we're leading, this is what we are doing for our CV, whereas as a facilitator, we really just want to to build students up to be able to find their authentic selves by creating sessions that are meaningful, that reconnect you back to your purpose, and that also kind of help you just question why you went into medicine in the first place
0: yeah one thing was the storytelling event i mean storytelling events are pretty common but not for our community and um savannah maybe you could speak to that because that was really uh event that happened where really the space was created but it was really about other people telling stories
1: it was fantastic i loved it um Corey, um, a third year, who's also a co-facilitator of Real MD, had this idea to put on this storytelling event. And we gathered some students and some faculty members and gathered at Tom's house in his backyard with all the cute little pumpkins that he grew. <laughs> and all of his family participated in wonderful music events which, between the stories. But essentially, the event was... To allow a space to be created for people to come up and tell a story.
0: I love it. I mean, I love the podcasts and the storytelling things that are out there, but it was cool to have our own and do it our own way, you know? And um, I want to shift gears a little bit into some of the research because you've been involved in the research and presenting data and all of that. Um, but the landscape, really, that you've already kind of described, is that when People arrive prior to starting. They're, they're accepted. They even do orientation. They're matriculated. Um, the data suggests that they have more autonomy in that moment, more feelings of autonomy, um, and more uh, willingness, um, I think, to uh, seek help than once they start. Then we, we get into the other words, the autonomy loss, students experience, the headlines would be students experiencing autonomy loss, students uh, avoiding help, and, um, you know, and going through that process without those two things. So I guess I, I, th- I think because you've been so involved, I mean, um, these two, for our listeners, have been very involved in, um, sort of pr- figuring out how to present, um, this data. We're about to start gathering more data. Um, I guess, what are your thoughts about that and how has that, um, kind of informed your understanding of what medical students are dealing with, not just here, but everywhere?
1: I think like Brandon and I have presented three times now. So we've been, we've been given these wonderful opportunities to present real MD and this research. And, um, you know, it's it's really eye opening to present a present real MD, which we're very familiar with, and we have it implemented in our medical school, and we participate in it. And then to see that other programs don't have a way to help students with like burnout, with failure, with common concepts that medical students face every day, with imposter syndrome, with you know, all of these challenges that medical school students face as they're trying to check their boxes and get ready for residency applications and, and things like that. And I think that by presenting real MD and recognizing that the research is there and that students who participate in the program have this greater sense of purpose and of community and of who they want to be and where they want to go in life, it's pretty incredible to see the power that this program has on students. If you just take one hour out of your day twice a month, you know, like (laughs) it seems like it's such a small commitment, but, you know, being a medical student, experiencing everything that all of us medical students experience, wow, an hour does seem like a big commitment, right? But really, it's so small, you know, to empower yourself, to influence yourself and to really like design your own pathway. So I think really like presenting this, this research has been really powerful. And in the way that I recognize that it doesn't take that much time to really be able to have a better sense of yourself as you're pursuing this amazing, incredible and very difficult journey into medicine.
2: I didn't even think that something like Real MD could exist in a medical curriculum. I thought it was too anti-science almost, or anti-medical school, because uh, that's what happens often, right? When you try to instigate a little bit of art into the false dichotomy of the art and science of medicine, science just swallows the art whole, and it's it shouldn't be the case.
0: Well, and I guess to use like an infomercial analogy, there's constantly these infomercials playing around getting stuck in the machine and avoiding help and feeling helpless, feeling like a a lack of autonomy, leading to burnout, increases in uh, mental illness, and ultimately, um, you know, specialty dissatisfaction. So seeing all of these things playing in that environment and those messages, however you want to say they're being delivered, are being delivered. There's no question about it. It's, it's there, it's in the literature, it's anecdotally very visible if you're going through it. And um, I realize that we're sort of promoting real MD, and I, I get it. I just wanna say that at some point you have to say, are we gonna do something? Can a space be created where we can start conversations that move us in a different direction? The direction uh, is very clear that, uh, that it is moving. Can we move in a different direction? And um, if that's an infomercial, <laughs> so be it, because I can't uh, emphasize enough how much the system um, is taking away from uh, our students. You know, And that's a hard thing to say. Um, it's so good to talk. I guess I hope that we can show up uh, more for each other in this space of real MD, and that um, for those who are listening out there and um, struggling or feeling like you're a cog in the machine or doing slides that there's little steps out there. There's a path to find some community and some perspective that guides you. I guess what do you what do you hope for out there?
1: Um, I would say that I hope that we can still all of us as an entire med school class as the University of Utah School of Medicine continue to build upon this just wonderful community that we have by bringing students and faculty hopefully maybe someday residents into this space to to really help to just build this idea of authenticity and not worrying so much about the nitty-gritties of medical school but by recognizing that you are capable, you are deserving to go into medical school and helping students to find their path and really helping to just be a community together.
2: Frankly, I hope that we keep hitting on these touch points that are seemingly unmentionable to med students. I think if I can say that's what I'm most proud of so far Um, that Savannah and I have done, is create sessions that are encompassing failure and burnout and imposter syndrome and anxiety. I think that continually spearheading sessions like that where you think you can't talk about it in medical school and then have a leader who is in a position that you will soon be in is talking about those very things and not just from a student's perspective but from their perspective as well and saying that they're still things that they still deal with and I think that is just so refreshing to hear um, as a student and it's one of the best antidotes to all the things were just meant that I just mentioned the best antidote to imposter syndrome and anxiety and uh, bad days and everything in between